Blog Talk Radio. at the National Archives and Beyond Blog Talk Radio. This is your host, Bernice Alexandra Bennett, and I want to welcome the callers and the chatters to research at the National Archives and Beyond. This show will provide individuals interested in genealogy and history an opportunity to listen and take action. If you have logged in as a guest, and I do see several guests in the chat room, and you wish to participate in the chat, please sign in through your Facebook account or blog, Talk Radio. Well, tonight's show, a kata documentary, One Woman's Journey to Find Her Ancestry, will feature Victoria Craig. Now, Victoria Craig, of affectionately known as Queen V, don't you like that, is the executive producer and the focal point of the Akata documentary. This film highlights her story as she shares her frustrations of not knowing her ancestral heritage and seeks to find answers. I think many of you can probably identify with that. Well, prior to her life as a filmmaker, she worked as a digital media consultant, helping small and large businesses build their online presence. After graduating with her MBA from Hawaii Pacific University, she moved back to her hometown of Silver Spring, Maryland. Victoria is now the co-founder of Up Studios, LLC, a boutique videography firm based in the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area. Now, this is her first time as a filmmaker, and she's going to share her current project entitled A Kata Documentary with us. So let me give a warm welcome to Victoria Craig. Welcome, Victoria. Hi, Ms. Bernice. Hi, Chatters. Hi there. Oh, I'm just excited to hear about your Akata documentary. So why don't you tell us just the origin of Akata documentary? Yes, this story, I'm 28 years old, by the way, but this story has definitely been 28 years in the making. Um, but, yeah, to uh, let's start from the beginning. Um, this dream, sorry, this film was actually given to me in a dream in 2014, and I saw 
my journey finding my ancestors being played out in a film. And when the first night happened in the dream, I, I just, you know, just ignored it. But the fifth night I kept on having this dream, I'm like, all right, God, I'm on assignment. So <laughs> so how this, you know, movie started was God told me to do this film. So, yeah, I just, growing up in the metropolitan area, you know, we definitely live in a melting pot. And I just feel tired of telling people I don't know where I'm from. Now, I am a tall mocha frat, meaning I am a dark-skinned woman. So anytime somebody would ask me, like, where I'm from, saying I'm from Silver Spring or, you know, I was born in Washington, D.C., just isn't good enough. They're like, no, where are you really from? And I would always say, I don't know. So I'm like, you know, I'm tired of it. I don't want my grandchildren to, you know, answer the same, you know, question over and over again saying that they don't know either. So, yes, I'm doing this for my legacy and to inspire other people to do the same. Right, and I can see what you mean and and try to understand people asking you, where are you from? And Mm -hmm. like you said, hey, Silver Spring, Maryland. But, you know, what does it really mean? Now, there's a question, what was the term you used? They want you to say it again, Akata. What does that mean? Oh, oh, my goodness. Are you guys ready for this? Yes. So <laughs> Akata is, we're using the uh, Nigerian Yoruba definition of the word Akata. And it's, um, it's synonymous with all of the negative stereotypes um, African people have for African Americans. So it's basically the N word. That's yeah, basically what oh. it is. And why, the next question would be well, why in the world would you call your documentary that? Well, that's a funny story. Um, I'm going to say in the same year, 2014, I was with my Ghanaian friend, and we were, you know, after work going to a happy hour. And the happy hour, we had parked, like, at the bottom of the hill, and the happy hour place was up the hill. Put my flip-flops on because, you know, no one wants to walk in heels up the hill. So I take my heels off and put my flip-flops on, and she says, ha, 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 you're such an Akata. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, that sounds like such a beautiful name. I'm like, yes, I'm Akata. So I was just like, well, what does that mean? And she simply says, like, oh, that means, um, like, ghetto. And I'm like, what? So anyway, so that's how I was first introduced to, to the word. So when God gave me, you know, the vision to, you know, do this film and to go on my journey, I'm like, well, what am I going to call this? I'm like, I'm going to call it Akata because, you know, through more of my research and talking to other Africans, you know, they definitely hold a lot of negative stereotypes about us. So I'm actually taking, you know, raising my hand and taking an L for, you know, the black community and calling myself an Akata because I know I'm not. You know, I am, you know, somebody who has higher, you know, education and, you know, I come from a middle-class family and, you know, but if you didn't know me just by looking at me, you know, an African person could easily call me an Akata. So I'm hoping that with my film I can break barriers and just start a dialogue between, um, you know, people of the African diaspora. Okay. So kind of take us on your journey because you said you're 28 years old. Yes. And, you know, many people are thinking about a journey, but they never think about filming that journey. Yes. So help us understand Beyond your dream, where did you take it? Beyond my dream, where did I take it? Ask that question in a different way. Like, so why did I want to film this journey as opposed to writing a book, you would say? Sure. 
Okay. Um, that's, that's a really good question, actually, because I am, like you said in my intro, a first-time filmmaker. Um, my my boyfriend, also my creative director, he has always been passionate about film, and I met him in Hawaii while he was shooting. By being around him, you know, I caught the, you know, producer's eye. Like, I am really good at editing, um, doing post-edit stuff and, you know, knowing how to frame a shot. But when, you know, God gave me that dream to do uh, this movie, he says, yeah, like, I sent you to Hawaii to learn, you know, all about film, even though you went there, you know, for a business degree. He's like, you're going to use that later on. So, yeah, that's that's why I'm choosing to film it. But, yeah, I'm a first-time filmmaker. But if you guys, you know, check us out, our Akata page um, on YouTube, just, you know, put in the search engine Akata documentary, you'll see that our um, film quality is A+, plus, comparable to any other film that's out there. That's how good we are. And what's unique about our story is we're we're not working on a shoestring budget. We are working on, like, a flaw. <laughs> budget. <laughs> oh, that's yeah, a my, new way of saying it. You're working on oh, a floss budget. <laughs> yeah, that's that's less than a shoestring budget. Cause, I understand, you know, right? When when God first gave me this vision to do the film, I was working at a law firm making you know almost close to six figures, but I sat on it because I was too comfortable. And then God said, No, you you know you're playing games. I'm going to take that job away from you. So He basically moved any obstacle from my life just so I can focus on this film. And I've been working on this film for a year and a half. So I've been unemployed, you know, of course, building our own production company where we shoot weddings and, you know, music videos and stuff like that. But I have been unemployed for a year and two months just to work on this film. And I can honestly say that, you know, every step that I've taken in this journey has been blessed. I don't want for nothing. So take us through your journey. Okay. So it all first started off with a DNA test, and we had to decide, like, which DNA test we were going to go with because there's many, many, many options out there in the market. And um, through our research, we decided to go with Ancestry.com. Not only are they economical, but we definitely found out that they had more bang for their buck. So I'm like, hmm, since I'm shooting a film and I'm basically, you know, trying to inspire other people to, you know, take a DNA test and learn about their ancestors, I'm like, I didn't want to promote a company that didn't care about black people. So like a mad woman, I emailed every ancestry email I can find on the Internet, and I asked them a whole bunch of questions. I'm like, you know, how are you marketing to African-Americans? How many African-Americans are using your DNA test? You know, how is that number compared to other races that use your, um, you know, use the site? And just ask them a whole bunch of questions, like how are they reaching and do they even care about the market that I'm trying to serve with my film? And apparently my email was so passionate that I actually got an invitation to actually come to the Ancestry.com headquarters. (laughs) So, yeah, me and – Jason, my creative director, actually flew down to Utah and and got to speak to these people about, you know, how they are um, targeting African Americans. And if I don't mind, I'm going to toot my own horn because if you look at Ancestry commercials now, more African Americans are featured in their commercials now. So I'm going to give myself a snap for that. (laughs) Okay, so you started with an Ancestry test. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. went to the headquarters, and then yeah. what did you do? Yeah, so after I found out where, you know what, matter of fact, I tested my parents first. 
So, you know, because we were working on a floss budget and each DNA test, you know, costs $99, I already spent $200 to, you know, test my parents. So through that, um, I began to build out my family tree. And, you know, I'm pretty sure, like, with your other uh, guests on the show, like, they talked about the challenges that African Americans have to go through, um, you know, trying to find their their ancestors. And I think that one thing um, that isn't really highlighted especially when African-Americans try to do the research and, you know, reaching out to other people, is I felt like, and not all, not all, but I felt like some of the white people that I did find in my my tree was very non-receptive to me. So I've definitely had, like, a lot of doors closed in my face, like, you know, I'm like, hey, you know, Ancestry.com says, you know, we're six cousins, you know. Hi, nice to meet you. And I've gotten blocked. I've gotten, you know, the cold shoulder. So, you know, I want to tell the people who are already starting this journey and you come across, you know, uh, nasty people like that is to keep going. You know, <laughs> your tree is, you know, built of a, you know, a million people. So keep going. So, but, you know, to answer your question, um, yeah, so I built up my family tree. Um, I uh, am on, like, a African um, learning curve now, so I've been really trying to go to cultural events. Um, right now, the Embassy of Ivory Coast is doing, like, amazing programming trying to reach out to African Americans who have um, Ivory Coast descent. So I've been going to a lot of their, their events. Um, they actually blessed me and you <laughs> with uh, an African name, and I just think that that is, that is so awesome. So, yeah, we've been taking a lot of field trips in the name of, my, of Akata. Yes. Well, I want to take you back. Because mm-hmm. you can't get away with just saying you tested your parents and you built out your family ah. tree. Oh, no, 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 no. I want to know, what did you find uh, when you started building out your family tree? How far did you go and who provided okay. you with the information? That's a good, good, good question. So I gotten, okay, so I really focused on my father's side. So I got to about mm, early 1900s, and then I got the help of um, my genealogy uh, mentor by the name of Lisa Fanning, who I believe is your cousin, correct? Right. So, yes, so she helped me um, uh, get beyond that. And through her research, she found out that uh, she found the exact slave master who gave my family their last name. So I know that, like, and I've been making this joke ever since I was, like, in, you know, middle school when you find out about, you know, slavery. It's like, oh, you know, I have a slave last name. Like, no, I actually do have a a slave last name. And the person who, um, you know, gave my family that name is by the name of Joseph Gregg, and he came here, came to America in the 1700s. And I realized, so through, you know, plugging into my family tree, I actually reached out to a lot of white people, not even thinking that, like, I could be related to them that way. I thought that they were, like, in-laws. That's how ignorant I was on genealogy. So Lisa, when she says, hey, you know, I found, you know, the slave master who gave you your last name, and by the way, that there's a, a white man in your inbox that you've been contacting who is actually a descendant from Joseph Gray. And let me tell you, that hit me like a ton of bricks, like, I didn't cry in front of Lisa because, you know, we're filming a documentary and I was, you know, trying to be all strong. But as soon as Lisa left the house, I was just like, why, Lord? Like, (laughs) 
like I have a slave last name, and I, and unbeknownst to me, like I'm communicating with somebody who, you know, is an ancestor of, you know, the the slave master. So that was a, a really big lead. But once I got over it and had to remind myself that I am not a slave, and that this gentleman who I was speaking to has never been a slave master, I'm like, well, let's, you know, let's let's talk. So I actually reached out to him. Oh yeah. Go ahead. Did you have a question? Well, I'm just, it's more of a comment. First of all, mm-hmm. there's a question, how far back did you go? And then there's another comment, that all of us have slave names. And, yeah. you know, <laughs> so, so you know, that's, that's part of it. We, we mm-hmm. recognize that. We don't walk around with African names. So yeah. uh, it's just something that don't. was just said. Right, right. So, so we're back to the point where you have now found a descendant of the mm-hmm. slave master. Was that yeah. on your DNA list or was that just you found the descendant through some genealogy research? That was on the DNA list. Good question. Oh, okay. Yes. Yes. And Ancestry.com said that he was my fourth cousin. But so you a found a tree. descendant who was your fourth cousin, okay? Yes. So so that's how we ended. That's how I found him. But then uh, when Lisa was plugging in names into my family tree, I realized that that's the person of how we are connected. Yeah. Gee, how did that feel when when she was able to uh, show you that she knew who the slave owner was, but that she found this person that was perhaps the descendant of the slave owner. It was very shocking. I played it off like, oh, this is just, you know, interesting facts. But like I said, like I went home and cried like a baby, like, you know, like we know we're taught like our history in school or a lightweight version of our history in school. But when you start putting names and dates and you know about the lives of these people, like the history becomes real to you. And that was the yeah. first time in my 28 years of life that, you know, the history that I learned through school was real to me and that I am a descendant of, you know, people who persevered during that time period and that, you know, that there's descendants of, you know, the other side who are still out here, you know, just trying to work and feed their family as well. But it was very hurtful. Like, um, I went through, you know, the stages of depression. You know, like I said, I had to talk myself out of, you know, reminding myself that, you know, I am not a slave and this person that I've been communicating with isn't, you know, a slave owner. But, you know, the initial, uh, you know, when she told me that, like, I was in shock. Yes. Yes. And, I mean, I'm just listening to you because this is a very emotional experience. And sometimes I wonder if people even understand. I mean, some people just cry when they see family members' names on a census record that they've never known before. So for you to have taken this DNA test to build your family tree and then to turn around and come to the realization that you are a descendant of that slave master, I could I could imagine, you know, kind of your shock. But let, let's talk about this because you say you went through the stages of depression. Tell us what oh, yeah. was going on with you when you went through that. Yeah, like, like the first stage was, was sadness, you know. <laughs> yeah, I cried and then I was angry. Um, like I didn't even want to uh, – see that the the descendants face like on my inbox 
you know, anymore. And then, you know, I was, like, content with it. And then I went back to, like, sadness. <laughs> but, uh, you know, but the funny thing is, and this is actually not a part of the documentary storyline, is I'm actually, my father doesn't know who his father is. So the last name Greg is actually his mother's name. So I was actually, the reason why I contacted that particular man was to see if he had, you know, any any links to who my biological grandfather was. So it's funny because when I started to contact him, he would reply, hey, cousin, you know, nice to see you, cousin. No, I haven't found out, you know, your, your biological grandfather. But then, like, once I got to the point where, you know, in my stages of the calm, you know, I had written back to him and I said, hey, like, cousin, <laughs> I know how we're related. We're, you know, related by, you know, uh, Joseph Gray from the, you know, and he got the same Joseph Gray on his family tree as well. So I, was, I actually screenshotted, like, his tree and matched it with my tree, and it had the same information. So the next email was just like, yes, uh, Miss Greg, yes, that, that is correct. <laughs> so, like, he came from, you know, being very, uh you know, like familiar to like, oh, you know, we I need to be professional now because I don't know if it was awkward for him or he didn't know how I was feeling. But, yeah, the tone definitely changed after I had shared, you know, like how you and I or him and I were actually related. So you got to this point. You went through mm-hmm. the depression and you went yeah. through the anger, the sadness, and then some kind of way you got over that. And yes. got into the whole acceptance, and then hi cousin, wow. So how did that feel when he responded to you with the hi cousin? Um, so he was saying hi cousin when I was reaching out to him regarding my biological grandfather, but then okay. when and then when I reached out to him, you know, letting him know that you know we're related through, you know, your fourth great grandfather, which was a slave master to you know my fourth great grandmother you know yes. he, he he pulled back and was just like oh like we have a professional relationship now as opposed to you know a familiar relationship but um I knew like I don't want to say that you know I so I accepted it but I still had like you know built up anger because I definitely I'm like yo I'm shooting a film like this is like I need to talk to you about our shared history so I kind of had to get through that stage really quickly in order to be like hey you know I want to talk to you, like, I'm shooting a film, like, would you want to sit down with me and talk about our shared history? And he was a little bit reserved at first. Like, I feel like he gave me, you know, like, he waited a week to reply back to that email, and then he was just like, yes, here's my number. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Because, you know, I can imagine he had to he had to think about that. Uh, yeah. Whether he wanted to be a part of your your film because you're documenting uh, this relationship, so mm-hmm. you know I'm going to take a break because we're going to come back and talk about this. Okay, a quick break, okay. and we're going to come back and talk about that first meeting. Okay.
Well, welcome back to Research at the National Archives and Beyond Blog Talk Radio. This is your host, Bernice Alexander Bennett, and you can join me every Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, where I will have an expert to share resources, stories, and answer your burning genealogy and history questions. Remember, all of my guests share a deep passion and knowledge of genealogy and history. All of my shows are available as a podcast immediately after the broadcast, and they can be downloaded from Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, TuneIn.com, and Stitcher.com. Now, Victoria, right before we left, you were going to tell us something, but before you tell us, we're, we have some questions coming out of the chat room, okay? Okay. Well, there's one comment uh, that's just mentioning because you talked about where you were emotionally. They just said, you know, you went on this emotional roller coaster. Mm-hmm. But then there's a question, was the, the person that you connected with was this person aware of the nature of slavery as practiced by their ancestor? I don't think so. Because when I referred to him as a as a slave master, I think that that was news to him. Because on his family tree, like, oh my goodness, like I'm so jealous of just the, the how well white people's history is preserved. Because his tree looked like the Amazon, and, like, my tree looks like that, you know, Charlie Brown Christmas tree in comparison. But, like, <laughs> you know, like his family tree is just so detailed. Like, he even has, like, pictures of people, like, you know, all the way back to the 1700s and whatnot. So, you know, that part of the history wasn't cataloged. But that same ancestor on his tree, you know, he had a wife and, you know, eight kids. But on my family tree, you know, it shows that, you know, he – had sex with a slave named Venus, and they had, you know, three three sons. So, so no, I didn't think he know, knew because when I uh, – I know we're jumping the gun, but when I met him, like, I had to educate him on his own, yeah, this, you know, ancestor. Well, now, you just threw out some more information. So, you know, <laughs> I have to ask you this question about Venus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, who is Venus? Venus is the slave woman who he slept with. So that is my fourth great-grandmother on my father's side. Okay, so Venus mm-hmm. is your fourth great-grandmother. Now, there's a question, and mm-hmm. although we, we talked about this earlier, but the, the question is, and did he take a DNA test? The, um, the white cousin, my, my yes. fourth cousin? Yes. yes, that's so he showed up on my DNA uh list, so he had had to take the DNA in order to be on the list. Absolutely. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you know that your fourth great 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 grandmother, mm-hmm. which is on your paternal side, yeah. uh is the mother of the three children by the slave owner. Yes. And you spent time educating your cousin about yes. this relationship. Yeah. So tell us about meeting him. Yeah. So after, um, let's say, so when I shared with him, like, hey, you know, I'm doing a film. Would you want to sit down? I discovered that he um, lives in Atlanta, 
And I'm like, you know what? Would I be willing to fly down to Atlanta to talk about our shared history? I'm like, you betcha. And I've never been to Atlanta before, so I was really excited about the trip. So, um, yeah, we talked about it. Um, yeah, so he opened up his, his home to me. And I feel like but right before, and I hope he doesn't mind me, hopefully he doesn't mind me uh, sharing this, <laughs> he did um, a lot of, you know, I don't want to give away too many company secrets yet, but <laughs> I'm trying to figure out, like, how much information I want to divulge. But sat down. Um, I asked him, like, you know, do people think you're crazy for wanting to sit next to me, down next to me to talk about our shared history? And he said no, because he's actually a scientist who works with uh, a DNA. You know, he's like a, like a cancer research, researcher um, at the university he works for. And he was saying, like, no, everything seems normal, but it's funny because on my end, you know, and I have a lot of, you know, African-American or people, friends of, who are people of color, and they're like, this man is crazy. He's just like, does he not know you? Does he not? <laughs> like, I would never, like, if, you know, people were just saying, like, you know, if they were the white cousin that they would never sit down next to me and talk about our shared history. I'm like, I'm kind, but, you know, this is history. Like, we can't, change, you know, change where we're from. So, you know. But you know what? You're raising something very interesting because I could, I could see people saying to you, does he know who he's getting ready to meet? Or for that matter, some of your own family members or friends saying, do you know what you're getting ready to do? <laughs> and you're, you're, you're saying though, wait a minute, we're, we have some, we have a shared history. Yeah. And so let's, let's come together to talk about yes. what that means. Yes. Yes. And by the way, this is a- Exclusive. I have never announced anywhere, not even on my social media, that this is the reason why we flew to Atlanta. Exclusive. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing this with us. So you flew to Atlanta for the sheer purpose of sitting down and talking yes. about your shared ancestry. Yes. And how was that first meeting? The first meeting, it was awkward. Now, I know that we're, like, we live in a technological age where people are, like, getting dates and getting married, you know, online, but I'm old school. Like, you know, I just don't even mess with stuff like that. So the fact that I'm meeting somebody that I met online, that Ancestry.com, you know, allegedly said that I'm <laughs> not even allegedly because DNA doesn't lie, but, you know, says that I'm related to and I'm seeing this person in person, it was very awkward for me. But he – um was very kind and, you know, was excited that, like, he was very passionate about, you know, uh, ancestry and DNA. So he was excited that a young person such as myself is is interested and even wants to talk about, um, you know, you know, history and, and how that, that, you know, like, affects us today. But it was it was good. Um, one, one tidbit that, that I can share is, I don't like it when when people apologize, like even if they, that person did something wrong and they overly apologize, like I'm the type of person who will just stop you and be like, you know what, I messed up, I'm sorry, like just to like get it over with. So in the middle of our conversation, like he spent like a good 10 minutes, you know, talking about like his own white guilt and how much like he struggles with like how much he should carry 
um, that 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 guilt of what his ancestors did to my people, like on a day to day basis. And then he proceeded to, you know, almost apologize for, you know, like yeah, he was apologizing for, you know, what, you know, his ancestors did. And it took me every ounce of my being to be like, oh, no, like, you didn't, like, I'm not a slave and you're not a slave master. Like, you know, you shouldn't carry around guilt. But I had to, like, bite my tongue because I know that when this movie hits the theater, you know, there's going to be a a black person or an African person or anybody who needs to hear a white person apologize for, you know, the, the awful things that have been done. To the people, so yeah, my my, my documentary is, is gonna you know blow some heads up, but yeah, so look out for that. Right, but then I mean, what's wrong with the apology? The what's not? I just don't. It was too much, and maybe that's because I'm in the middle of my my roller coaster of emotions. Uh-huh. And at that point, I was peeking at, like, getting over it and going back to my native mode of, you know, just acknowledging that, you know, slavery happened and, you know, we all have to move on. So to hear this man, like, you know, heartfeltly apologize for something, like, I, I was very uncomfortable. And not yeah. to say that out yeah. loud, that was, that was very, that's, that's very weird that I feel that I felt that way. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And, I mean, I can understand that, uh, that feeling of, well, it wasn't you, but yeah. then but then you, you're finding that, you know, you're finding congressional representatives apologizing. You're finding right. governors apologizing yes. because you can't say something did not happen because yes. something did happen. Yeah. And so, I mean, while we say this is part of American history, yeah, we we do need to talk about it. We do need yeah. to keep the conversation going. You can't just mm-hmm. you know take a broom and sweep it under the door and say, okay, it's gone, it's out. You know, let's all sing kumbaya. Uh, so so at least you're you're documented it and you're talking about it. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, there are several comments coming out of the chat room, um, and this is Family Tree Girl. Family Tree Girl, you might want to say a little bit more about this, but he had no reason to apologize. Did he have mm-hmm. an African-American DNA in his DNA? Him pers- personally, I'm not sure. I, I don't think so. It was his sister and his mother and his grandmother that came back with uh, African ancestry, but he just didn't get it. And it's funny because, you know, he actually shared to me that he was, like, jealous, the fact that none of the African, you know, ancestry, like, you know, is, is in it as much. But, yeah, but no. But, but other family members did get a little of yeah. the African. Yes, right. It's quite interesting, quite interesting. So, You've you've gone to Atlanta, so take us to other places on your journey. Yeah, well, I can tell you. Well, what. wait a minute. Let me see. If his relatives have it, then he has it too. Was a comment here. <laughs> uh huh. Oh, that's interesting. His sister, and his his mother does. Hmm. Okay, I'm just kind of parroting what's going on in the chat room for you. <laughs> By the way, individuals, if you would like to call in and ask a question of um, 
Victoria, please call 646-200-0491 and press 1 to speak to the host. So tell us a little bit more about the interesting places your journey has taken you. You've met the slave owner descendant, so where do we go from here? Mm-hmm. We're actually kind of jumping all over the place. So the first field trip was Utah to go to Ancestry.com. Then I ch- I'm attempting to go, like, on an embassy tour. So all of the countries that um, showed up on my parents' list, I wanted to go to their embassy, you know, to get some, you know, cultural information. So uh, the first embassy that allowed me, uh, you know, in their doors was Uganda. And we uh, got to talk to the counselor. In fact, uh, we plan on going to their independence ball um, in October. Um, speaking of balls, we actually were invited to the uh, Ghana Independence Day uh, ball as well. Um, what else did we We went to, um, what you call it, the Ivory Coast Embassy. Um, we actually went to the um, the ambassador of Ivory Coast home, and I believe you were there too. I didn't meet you there at that event. But, yeah, when right, they were hosting yes. the um, – the basically welcoming of the African Americans who uh, share Ivory Coast uh, DNA. So that was cool. I've never been in a mansion before, so <laughs> to be in his house, yeah, that was like hashtag goals. So yeah, and uh, I the one of the trips that are actually coming up is our South Carolina trip. So through my research, I know that Joseph Gregg, that Joseph Gregg. Um, actually established the Greg Plantation in South Carolina. And this is another exclusive that we didn't tell anybody. So we're going to South Carolina to visit the Greg Plantation where I know my ancestors, um, yeah, were enslaved in. So I believe that, like, the depression cycle, like, I'm trying to prep myself for that trip as well because I'm like, if I can, you know, be emotional for this part of the trip, like, to actually, you know, touch you know, preserved artifacts. I have no idea how I'm going to act. Now, where in South Carolina is the Greg Plantation located? Marion, South Carolina. Okay. And mm-hmm. so, you, so you're going there. Or have you set up meetings with people in Marion, South Carolina, or are you just going to the plantation? So the plantation actually is owned by the Francis Marion University. So I actually had to go through the school to get access to the um, slave cabins that they do, um, that they did preserve and they do tours with. So, yeah, I went through them. And it's funny because the the granddaughter who owns the the property who ended up donating it into the school, um, the person who I coordinated with to get access to the slave cabins, you know, he told me to reach out to her. So when I, uh, when he said grand, God, I mean, granddaughter, I thought I was going to, you know, talk to like a woman who was like probably 30, 40 years old. So when I called her, I found out she was like 70 years old, a 70 year old white person. And she was just like, I heard about your story and I'm so fascinated you know, I'm so happy that, you know, the the land, that she, the property she donated to the school is, you know, going to be of use to me in, in the documentary. And, yeah, so she's one of the people who I am going to uh, meet while I'm down there. I'm not sure if she's actually related by blood to Joseph Gregg, 
but she knows a lot about his history. And she said that, you know, when I come to South Carolina to print out all of the facts that I do have on about that man and his family. So, yeah, I do have a, a couple meetings set up while I get to, when I get to uh, South Carolina. All right. And in the chat room, there's a recommendation that you also check for a slave cemetery. Oh, good. I'm writing that down. And that's in South Carolina? Yes, when you go oh. to the correct plant, uh, plantation. Okay. Now, there's a question about Venus. Uh, okay. the, do you know if Venus had other children? Outside of the three that are on my list, that's a good question. No, I don't. And as a matter of fact, like with Joseph Bragg, I was able to trace his lineage all the way back to the 1500s. Like with Venus, I, I stopped. I'm at a standstill because I don't know her last name. And, you know, at this point, there, I have no records to, you know, you know, you know, know anything else about her. So, you know, yeah, I'm I'm stuck, and that makes me sad. Right. Well, did you find, I mean, how did you find Venus? So with the help of Lisa, so she actually got mm-hmm. me that far. And I'm sorry, it was the um, the will of okay. Joseph Gregg. So, okay. yes, Venus and her children were actually willed to his children. So that's how I got the name, and it matched up to the people on my um, family tree. Right, right. So I want to go back to a, a comment about the whole issue of the apology. And there, there was a comment just saying that apology brings healing to those who need it. Yes, it brings I healing. Yes. And so perhaps that that is what needed to happen at that particular time. Now, there's a comment by Jolie, and she said she thinks sometimes white people look to African-Americans for individual forgiveness and can Mm. put the burden of that onto the African-Americans. However, Mm. that's an unfair burden in her mind. But there's a lot of guilt, and there's a good reason for reparations, a national acknowledgement and apology. Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That is so true. As a matter of fact, reparations came up a little bit during my sit-down with him. And I think the question I asked him was, you know, like, like are white people even interested in, in meeting up with, uh, you know, the distant relatives who are, you know, African-American? And he said not really because a lot of the ignorant ones are afraid that black people will try to reach out to them to ask for money. Now, if you can imagine how awkward that is, for me, because I didn't go there, you know, with, with reparations on my mind or, you know, trying to siphon money out of it. And to know that, like, that could be a reason why many white people don't even want to acknowledge the African-Americans who are in their tree is kind of mm-hmm. disgusting. And the funny thing is, like, before um, when I went back home and I, I'm like, hey, mom, I'm like, I'm back from Atlanta. Like, the first thing that came out of her mouth was, did you tell that white man that, you know, all of us have higher degrees? Did you tell him, you know, that, you know, I work at the White House? Did you tell him this? Did you tell him that? Just to make sure that he knew that we weren't going to go there asking for money. And then when I found out that, you know, that's the reason why a lot of people don't, I find that hilarious. By the way, if there's any white people listening, we don't want your money. We need closure. 
Right. Right. Okay. Okay. And, 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 and you just said something else. I mean, I mean, because they're, they're, that that perception may be out there, out there that you want, want money. money. You're just You're saying just no, no, don't want no money. Money. You want you want something else. And your phone is going in and out. You sound like a robot. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, well, I'll, I'll take, I'll care, take of that. care of that. But, okay. uh, you know, uh, there's you know, something, there's in, something here, in here, and, and there's a group there's called, called uh, Coming, to, coming the to the Table. table. And mm-hmm. they bring and they those, those descendants, descendants together. together. And they mm-hmm. have chapters around uh, yeah. in the different yeah. states. states. And, and so, so that, that may be something you might want to go to one of the Coming to the Table meetings right here in Maryland. So that oh, you wow. can hear how others are responding to this whole issue of healing, the apology, acknowledgement. Uh, it it may, may help you and your film uh, go through that whole process. I agree. I'll definitely um, check that out. I definitely think that to go back to the reparations comment, I think individually, like would black people reach out to um, their white distant cousins, we're not asking money from them. I definitely think it's the government's responsibility to provide the reparations, not individual people. I just wanted to clarify that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about uh, what do you hope your film will accomplish? And also, who's your target audience for your film? No, that's a good question. So one of my main goals is to inspire young people to want to know who their ancestors are, especially people of color. But I do know that this um, genealogy and ancestry and family tree hobby tends to skew a lot older, and I'm actually using this film as a call to action to inspire young people, like call, you know, your nana, call your grandmother, call, you know, your great-grandfathers or mothers if they're still alive, and get them DNA tested. And even if you can't afford DNA testing, because I know that, you know, me paying for my own test was a stretch, you know, get these stories, get these obituaries, you know, get like get all of these hard facts so that when you have your own grandchildren, you know, you'll be able to start a, a legacy because if you're not going to do it, who is? And I believe that, you know, every family kind of has at least one historian in the family. And if you don't, let that be you. So that is my first, you know, uh, goal that I would like to, you know, excuse me, not goal, but what I like to accomplish with the film is to inspire young people. But also I would like to start a dialogue between um, the people of the African diaspora. Like clearly with me using the the title Akata, like a lot of African people, and that's one of the challenges for home. Let's rewind that a little bit. I don't know how much time I have. But one of the challenges that I am facing with this title is African Americans don't know that this word exists. And matter of fact, like when I first heard it, I'm like, oh man, this is a beautiful name. I want to name my daughter that. But when I found out like what it was, I'm like, oh no, like I need to sound the alarm and let my people know that there's a word out there, you know, that they're using to describe us. So I'm hoping that when an African person sees, you know, the title of my film, and matter of fact, I got into many um, heated debates with Africans basically pleading to me to change the title. And it's funny because when I give people my business card, like when they read the title, some of them, like, you know, are shocked. Like some of them, you know, laugh nervously. Some people find it hilarious. But, you know, every time, like regardless of their reaction, we have like a 10-minute dialogue of why I named the title 
that I named it. And I'm hoping that with my film and just following my story, and I am by no means representing all African Americans. I'm only telling my story. But these people who are watching me and are African would call me an Akasa by default, and I'm hoping that we can just start a dialogue and just get to know one, a ch- one another. Because even though that Africans have this name for us, we have plenty of nasty names for Africans. It goes both ways. So I'm hoping that one, the other accomplishment is to just start a dialogue between, you know, the people of the African diaspora. Right. So we have some questions coming out of the chat. And okay. one of the questions is, would you have done a documentary if you had not had someone to do the research and help you do the research? Yes. So I met Lisa mm, almost seven months into my journey. So I was definitely starting from scratch, and I actually did the bulk of my research on my own. So, yes, the answer is yes. Okay. And then there's a question about the slave owner. Mm-hmm. Did the slave owner claim in the will the children of Venus? Claim them. That's a good Yes, question. as his children. How did how did you know that that the children were the slave owner's children rather than his brother's children or some other male? Oh, that's a that's a good question. I want to say by default, maybe it's through the DNA. I don't know if he actually claimed. You know, that's a good question. I actually don't have an answer for that. I'm stumped. I'm going to write that down for next time. Okay. And so you back to the word akata. I mean, there's a comment that akata is not always used like the N-word, but Correct. is used to describe one who is apart or detached. Yes. Yes, there are many different definitions uh, of the word akata. So in the beginning, I said that I'm going to use the Yoruba definition of it, and that means, you know, the equivalent to the N-word. But I do know that um, Sierra Leone, the, the, the word akata means like thief. In other definitions, it's wild beast. Another definition is, you know, an undomesticated cat or someone who just doesn't live at home. So there's many definitions. So depending on, you know, like what your your worldview is, you know, that could definitely shape, you know, what right. you think this film is about. Okay. So when will when do you think you'll have this uh, film completed? I'm hoping by 2018 because next year I actually plan to go to Africa. So, yeah, I'm going to pick a West African country to go to, especially ones that have, like, the slave ports, so I can get that contrast of, you know, me being, you know, in the Greg Plantation where, you know, we left it and then going back to where it began. So, um, yeah, I'm hoping so. Yeah, we're pretty – I think we're going to finish the film in Africa, but hopefully yeah, 2018, I believe. And, you know, we've never filmed a feature film before, so – I'm just ballparking it, you know. We are we're new to this, so I don't know how long it takes to, you know, edit a full feature movie. But yeah, right. And I mean, you know, I, I mentioned to you earlier that I've had uh, basically this entire month various mm-hmm. film directors on my show. So this is kind of in theme with how you tell your story, and so mm-hmm. you are 
the the last of the the film uh, directors to to be as young as you are, but also to share with us that you will have a film coming out about your journey. Now, mm. is there a point in time where you're sharing your film in bits and pieces so that people can, or little trailers so people could at least have an idea of what's going on with your, uh, the progress of your film? Absolutely. So back in July, we actually hosted an Akata cookout <laughs> that the people, the African people who, who know what that word means, you know, word meant they were tickled by that. But yeah, we hosted a, a cookout in July and actually shared um, a sneak peek of what we've been doing thus far. And um, yeah, so we actually plan on hosting another event, hopefully by next year, before we go to Africa to do like a screening of either a scene and you know, now that I'm on the Akasa Cookout, we actually had a Q&A session after we played the, the snippet. And, you know, of course, people were asking me questions um, similar to the ones that you asked. And then all of a sudden, like, the discussion turned into a therapy session where people were, you know, talking about, you know, their own um, issues with dealing with systematic racism or just how slavery affects them today and, you know, how I'm inspiring them to you know, look at their own, their own ancestry. So, you know, and I didn't think that that was going to happen at this event. So I think at the next event that we do host, it'll definitely be more of like a therapy session. Like we would probably, you know, for example, play the scene of me sitting down with my uh, white cousin and then just having a dialogue like, what did you see here? How did you feel when, you know, Nathan began to apologize for, you know, his role in, or his ancestors' role in, in slavery, and just get awesome feedback that way. But if somebody is hungry for my footage now, you can actually visit my website. It's Akata Docu. It's A K A T A D O C U dot com, or you can just go to Akata Documentary dot com, and all of our videos are there. And you can actually go to uh, Google, do the same thing, just type in Akata Documentary, and all of our videos will pop up. Right. Well, do you have any parting words before we close out tonight? Most definitely. I want to thank you so much for your time. First and foremost, thank you, Bernice. And I also want to give a shout out to my the Akata team. Like, I cannot do this project without you guys. So shout out to my photographer, Athena, my creative director, Jason, my associate producer, Loyal and my outreach director, Lamine, and Lisa Fanning for all her um, genealogy mentorship. And I also want to just uh, really emphasize that this is a community project. Like the hands that have touched this film um, are many. So if you are touched by my story and want to help out any way, whether it be through prayer, through financial donations, through helping me, you know, figure out my family tree, whether it be through um, African, uh, like, you want to teach me something about your culture, like, hit me up. Let me know. Like, this is a community project, and I can't do this alone. So I am like a sponge at this point. So if anybody wants to help me out in any way, you can go to my website again at akasadocu.com forward slash give to give financially, or you can just email me at akasadocumentary at gmail.com. And before you close out completely, Mm -hmm. there's a question. Now, what have you learned uh, about research since you have started this journey? I learned, let's see, 
you have to diversify <laughs> your resources. Like before, um, when I was researching by myself, you know, I just stayed on the documents that Ancestry.com provided, and they are really rich with, you know, the census and, you know, the, the slave narratives and, you know, and everything else. But, you know, once I hit a, a roadblock and, you know, Lisa came into my life, but she was like, no, she was actually pulling resources from Pinterest and actually, like, typed in a name of one of my ancestors and somebody had a picture of, you know, like, one of my, you know, um, enslaved ancestors on Pinterest and was going to all these other websites that, you know, also had slave narratives and, you know, I need to go to libraries and, just so that's what I've learned. I need to, you know, diversify, you know, where I look for information. And it, it might come at the most strangest places like Pinterest. Right, which is which is interesting. But if you know how to use Pinterest, then it and it can help you. Absolutely. But you're right as far as uh, limiting yourself to one one source that you mm-hmm. want to go to as many sources as possible. And just as you're getting ready to go to South Carolina, you want to go to the ancestral home also. Also, how do you parent, your family feel about this, this research and, and Ooh, your discoveries? Good question. That is what I wanted to say during the challenges too, because um when I first told my family that, A, I'm making a movie, you know, the first thing they said is, you're, you're not a filmmaker, like how? And then when I said I'm doing it on my, you know, on our ancestors, like they, they don't care. Like they did not care. And I think that's the problem with, or I would say one of the issues that is within our community right now is because, you know, we're all just trying to eat and survive and take care of home. And it's just like you want to bring up the past and, you know, like, stay in the past, and, you know, like, they didn't care. Like, when I first got my DNA test of my parents and, you know, my mother's uh, DNA was very shocking. So I told my brother, and he was just like, okay, so I'm black and I'm more black. Thank you for telling me that. Like, I didn't know. So, you know, and my sister, like, kind of had the same, you know, reaction. They're like, oh, okay, like, this is nice, you know, so what do you go to? So what's, what's next? What's, you know, like, they just they didn't care. But once I had this cookout and and they saw, like, how much it, you know, how other people were impacted by my journey, I think that they cared a little bit more. <laughs> so, yeah. So I would say at first they were really nonchalant about, you know, the news and about me collecting all this data. But I think they're slowly but surely coming around, especially when I go to Africa and they see, you know, that there's a land of people who look like us, you know, and we can touch them. <laughs> Yeah, right, right. Now, now, because we have you and because you've been looking at your ancestry and looking at some documents, there's a question. Mm-hmm. Where was your family after the Civil War? After the Civil War, South Carolina. South Carolina. Okay, so yes. South Carolina is, is where, where you're going. Okay, yes. and that that's where your family was from. Mm-hmm. So we don't have any more questions. Chatters, do you have any more questions for Victoria before we close out tonight? Victoria, I want to wish you all of the success that will, you will achieve through your journey. You are one of the few young people that we've seen come on this show to talk about 
what you're doing. And, I mean, it looks like you let DNA become your driver or your trigger to find mm-hmm. out more about your family. So it's yes. the beginning. I mean, it's, it's, it's what it is. But at least you've made that kind of leap to, to try to find out what's going on. By the way, Victoria, yes. many of us who have been doing this for a long time have family members where eyes glaze over. And they want to know, you know, why are you doing this? So I want to just say to you, keep it going, keep Mm -hmm. sharing. And yes, it does cost. I mean, filmmakers, I mean, it's it's not a cheap endeavor. And so Mm -hmm. I hope that you will get uh, the the needed funds to keep this process uh, going forward. So thank you so much, Victoria Craig for sharing with us tonight. And everyone, please remember, your ancestors left footprints. Therefore, you should follow the clues that are presented to you through oral history, family records, and research at the National Archives and beyond. And Victoria, we want to encourage you to sign up for the Midwest african-american genealogy institute this summer because Mm. this will be a place for you to come and learn even more about the genealogy research process you can continue this discussion on research at the national archives and beyond and afrogenius.com facebook pages And also remember to listen to the African Roots Podcast with Angela Walton Raji on Friday. Thank you so much for joining Research at the National Archives and Beyond Blog Talk Radio. This show is sponsored by your host, Bernice Beebe's Genealogy Research and Educational Services, LLC. And my website is www.geniebroots.com. I look forward to all of you joining me next Thursday. This is your host, Bernice Alexander Bennett. Good night, everybody. Good night, Victoria. Good night.